working. And so we want to make room for more. And when we do this, I want you to believe and, and uh, uh, see it with me. I won't be preaching from here. This will be the back of the church. I'll be preaching from over there. And I want you to vision this wall being two times as tall and this stage being much bigger so we can do productions and we can do judgment and we can get people saved and, and have better, even better sound and better screens and all these different things so people will come in and get their, give their lives to the Lord. How many can visualize it with me? Amen. Maybe you can't see it now, but I can see it for you. And that money's going to come in. Amen. And God is going to provide. He's going to do great things because there's a harvest coming. How many believe there's a harvest coming? Amen. When you drive down the roads and you see the wheat and you see the corn on the sides of the roads and those machines are out there harvesting and pulling all that stuff in, that's what we do in the spiritual realm. We've been planting seeds and preaching the gospel, and there's a harvest out there of souls. Some of you are the harvest already. Some of you are those souls that were out there a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, and today you're in here. Some of you never thought you'd ever step inside a church, and when you came into this one, you looked up to make sure the rafters were strong. Amen. This is a good, strong rafter building so I can come in and be safe because you thought when you walked into church, the walls were going to fall down. Amen. How many know them, what I'm talking about? Has anybody been saved from something? Nobody ever been saved from something in here? Don't make me pull you out and give you the microphone. I look around this place and I see some rough people. Some people who had some pasts, amen? But I want to tell you something this morning. God's got a word for us. We're going to have an awesome baptism after. But I want to get right into the word if you look at Luke chapter 8. And I want you to... I want you to look up here for just a second as you're, if you're looking into your Bible or whatever. The Bible church is our seed. And we need to understand that this is the answer. If you don't like the way your life is right now, you can change it today. If you don't like the way things are, I would call that your harvest. The way you live and what you're seeing and if you're at peace or you're tor tormented or or whatever your life is, I want you to know that that happens because of the seed that you're putting into your life. And that's the parable that we're going to read this morning in Luke chapter 8. Look at this with me, verse 5. And it says, a sower went out to sow his seed, the word of God. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down. And let me say this real quick before I keep reading. When you come in and you hear, and it doesn't have to be here, it could be on the radio, it could be one-on-one -on -one at work, it could be wherever you heard the Word of God, but this is the place we're preaching the gospel this morning. And when you got saved and gave your life to the Lord, God was speaking to you through His Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so the Word spoke to you, and this is exactly what's happening in the parable, but when the Word hits you, you have to respond. You have to make a response to the Word of God. I want to tell you right off the bat, the Word of God is perfect. The Word of God cannot fail. The Word of God cannot lie. The Word of God is perfect, and it's everything you need for your life. And if things aren't lining up the way they need to line up, it's not God's fault. It's our fault. Can somebody say amen? amen. He's a perfect God with a perfect manual. The Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Amen. It's something that teaches us. It's a manual how to live this life. And so as you're hearing these words, the word is falling into a ground. And that ground is your soul. And you decide what happens with the seed. That's what we're reading here. So it says, and he sowed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on a rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and that word was uh, choked up by the thorns. And others fell on good ground. I want you to say good ground. How many believe this is good ground? How many believe the Bible is good ground? How many believe you can make yourself good ground? You have to prepare yourself to make your, your life a good place for the soil to fall. And when it does, it yields a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears, let him hear. 
Now I'm going to skip down a few verses to verse 11. And it says, now, the parable is, and I just said this to you a moment ago, the seed, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Leave that up there for a second. This happens a lot of times when people come forward and get saved. People are, are pricked to their heart. They realize, I need a Savior. I need to, be ch- I need to change. I'm, I need a, uh, to, to turn my life around. And they make a decision, and they come forward and give their lives to the Lord, and they put their faith in Jesus Christ, but their, their, their lives are not ready, or they are not serious, or they don't take it serious enough, and things begin to happen that attacks that seed. Because when you get saved, it's God's will for you to go to heaven. When you get saved, it's God's will for you to bear fruit. It's God's will for you to affect other people's lives in a good way. Amen. How many, how many know we, we were all good at affecting people's lives in a bad way? But he wants you to affect people's lives in a good way. So the devil comes because the devil, you know what the devil wants? He wants you to be dead. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says he wants you to be dead. He comes to steal, to kill and to drink coffee with you. No. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he's not playing games like we are sometimes. And so he comes and steals that away and the, takes the word out of their hearts so that they wouldn't believe and be saved. And then it says, but the ones on the rock are those, and this goes along with that salvation experience sometimes too, when they hear They receive the word with joy. They're like, man, this salvation thing sounds good. Who wouldn't want to be saved? Who wouldn't want to go to heaven? Who wouldn't want to be forgiven? But they have no root. And they believe for a while, and in in time of temptation, fall away. Let me tell you something. Let me just make a, a, a very true statement. We've been, and this is the case in any church, but I believe even more so in ours in the last 13 years that we've been preaching the gospel here. If everybody that came forward and got saved was still here, we would be meeting at the UNT Convention Center. We've got, lots and lots of people have gotten saved. But we need to make sure that that seed is falling on the right ground and then it's being cultivated to grow. So it says, now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fall on good ground, say it again, good ground, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. How many want to bear fruit this morning? How many want your life to multiply into other people's lives being saved? Amen? You want God to use your life to change you. Listen, I want you to think about this. Our church, what it's going to be tomorrow depends on what we do today. What's going to be next month depends on what we do today. There's something that God is doing. This is one of those messages I believe we're going to look back on, and it's going to be very beneficial to us. If our church is going to do great things right here off the freeway in Denton, Texas, it's going to be because of you. Tell the person next to you it's going to be because of you. Do you believe that? It's going to be because of you and me. We're going to do something for God, but God is wanting you to understand something. You are important. Maybe it's been a while since somebody told you that. Would you turn to the person, the other person and tell them, you're important? Some of you are like, you're important. Man, they, you know, they really needed to hear that from you and you failed. Can you do it again like actually meaning it? You're important. How many know that goes a long ways? But listen to this. That's not just... Oh, he just turned to your neighbor and said, this is the truth. Do you realize you could have been born in the 1800s? You could have been born in the early 1900s. But do you realize that we were born in this time as for such a time as this? That we were chosen to be born right now to be a part of the last move of God on this earth before Jesus comes back. And that is a great 
privilege and a great responsibility, and it should make us excited that God believed in us enough to make us the generation that's going to spread the gospel to save the world. How many know in a relay race, Juwan, the, the, the anchor's the most important? Not saying the other three aren't important, and I hope you were the anchor sometimes. Amen. She used to run track. At one time, we had the whole UNT track team here, but they all went off to where they lived, back to, back to where they lived. But in, an, in a relay race, that last person is the most important because they're either going to seal the win or they're going to bring them back from behind. Notice I didn't say anything about losing because we can't lose. We're either going to come back from behind or we're going to finish the race strong, but we're going to win. How many believe we're winners this morning? Because we're on God's side. We're in the kingdom of God this morning, and we've been chosen. How many believe our life is like a vapor? It's short. Anybody realize the Bible tells us that? Life is like a vapor. So if we only have one life and it's short, why don't we make this one count? Why don't we really make this count? You might be here this morning, and you might have just gotten saved, given your life to the Lord. You, you may have not been saved very long. And let me tell you something. The past is over. It's time to start over. It's time to have a fresh start. It's time to start looking forward instead of looking backwards. How many know there's a rearview mirror? It's small, and the, and the windshield's big. God wants you to look forward. Stop looking in the back rearview mirror and go forward. Amen. But a lot of times the seed that we need to have a harvest is the wrong seed. And I want you to understand, I want to make this clear as a bell, that when I'm talking about seed, I'm talking about the importance that you put on this book. I just want to make sure that that comes across clear. This is the seed. How important this book is in your life dictates the fruit of your life. I can promise you. If you, you show me a person who reads that word and believes that word and lives that word, I'll show you a person who's got fruit. I'll show you a person who's got joy. I'll show you a person who's got peace. I'll show you a person who's overcoming and not defeated. I didn't say, did you notice I didn't say perfect? Did you notice I didn't say everything was going to go right all the time? But you'll have peace and you'll have joy and you'll have victory. Because this is the seed that matters. So I want to tell you this morning, if you don't like your harvest, change your seed. Change your seed. What, that means what you're putting into your life. You're going to get out of your life what you put into it. Garbage in, garbage out. God in, God out. That's what God is trying to tell us this morning. He has such a plan for us, and he needs us to get busy. Now, I want to ask a question. How many leaders on this side of the church do I have? Let me see your hand if I've got If you're a leader. How about over here? Leaders? Leaders over here? Now, a lot of people that are raising their hand are actually leaders in our church. But let me ask another question. How many full-time ministers do I have over here? Let me see your hands. Some of y'all are cheating because you were in the first service, but that's okay. Full-time ministers? Over here, full-time ministers. All right, now, now you're going to find out you were all wrong. Everybody's a leader, and everybody's a full-time minister. Say what? Did you hear me? Everybody in here is a leader, and everybody in here is a full-time minister. I want you to think, I, I want you to take this home with you. Don't mistake the source of your income with where your income comes from. Did y'all get that? You look at your job and you say, my income my, comes from, from Peterbilt. My income comes from the hospital. My income comes from the school. I want you to start realizing the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God above. And so that income coming to you is not coming from the school. It's not coming from Peterbilt. It's not coming from the hospital. It's coming from God. So God is paying you through your job to be a minister. Man, the world would be changed if we really begin to think like this. That I'm going to work and getting a paycheck so I can preach the gospel. Let them fire you. God will give you a better job. Let me say that again over here. Let them fire you. God will give you a better job. Or you can be like Reuben and you don't have to worry about nobody firing you because you own your own barbershop. Amen. Do whatever you want. You know, when you think about this, I want you to think about this. 
How many know if we're going to reach construction workers, we need to reach them with construction workers? If we're going to reach the corporate world, we reach corporate people with corporate people. If we're going to reach teachers, we reach them with teachers. If we're going to reach barbers, we reach them with barbers. But we reach them with teachers disguised as ministers. Did you hear me? No, ministers disguised as teachers. Barbers disguised as te- uh, ministers disguised as barbers. Ministers disguised as corporate people. Our call, when you get this, someone's going to get this this morning. When you get this, it'll change your life. You won't wake up in the morning all bummed about having to go to work anymore because you're like, oh, I got to go to work 9 to 5. You're going to wake up in the morning and say, I get to go to work today so I can go preach the gospel and let my job pay for my full-time ministry. Amen. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Let me just tell you something in case you don't know it. He's not talking about somebody else. He's talking about you. Some of you have never heard those words in your life. You've heard you're not going to make it. You're a loser. You're a failure. But listen to what, see, that's the reason you have a harvest of what you have. Oh, it got quiet in here. I must be hitting a nerve right there. See, you're going to get a harvest whether it's good or bad. There's going to be a harvest. And that harvest comes from what you sow. You reap what you sow. And so if you don't have the fruit in your life that you want, then you need to change your seed. And some of you were raised being told you're never going to make it. You're nobody. You're you're not worth it. You're you're a loser. But God's word says you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a special people. That you would proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I put a cough drop in this morning? Amen. So I don't cough anymore. I was over there doing Millie Vanilli during the worship. <laughs> Raise your hand if you know who Millie Vanilli is. See, we're a young church, but we, we got some older people too. Amen. Girl, you know it's true. Just Google it or ask your parents. But I'm trying to save my voice, so I'm over there Millie Vanilli, and it's hard. I want to sing so bad. When we were in choir, if we didn't know the words, and my wife knows I didn't know the words most of the time, still with praise and worship. You'll notice up here, don't pay too much attention, though. I kind of make up my own words, but it comes from here. But when we were in choir, they would tell us, just say cantaloupe and watermelon. So you're up there. And it looks like you know the words. Amen. In the Bible, we have ministers disguised as workers did you know that i'm not i'm not saying this just to make some doctrine up david or sorry daniel worked for the government but he was a full-time minister david was in the military joseph worked security in the jail you know joseph got put in jail and he just said thank you lord i'll just work in here i'll just preach the gospel in here I don't have time to chase that rabbit. Boy, go read the story of Joseph. Because, see, God can put you anywhere, and if you got the right attitude and the right seed, you'll flourish. I'm gonna, I need to stay here for a second. Have you ever seen a, a piece of grass come through the cement? That's what you need to look at yourself like. Because sometimes we think all these circumstances keep me down. Be the piece of grass that pushes through the cement. How in the world does that grass come through the cement? Because that grass says, I don't care what gets put on me, I'm coming up. I'm coming up. I'm coming out of this. I'm not going to stay down here in this darkness. Amen. And, and Levi, I'm sorry, Moses was an entrepreneur. Levi worked for the IRS. And God still used him. I don't know if God can use the IRS, he can use anybody. Hopefully nobody in here works for the IRS. These were people who made a great difference in the kingdom of God, in the Bible. So this morning, I'm now, now I'm not talking to you just as believers. I'm talking to you as full-time ministers. How many full-time ministers do I have in here this morning? There's always going to be a few rebellious people. Amen. That's okay. 
But what does it take? What do we need to be that full-time minister? I've got two examples, two ways to think about this, two ways to live your life. Number one is personal experience. You can go through something yourself. But I want to give you an example that it's better to learn from somebody else's experience. I'm not saying personal experience isn't good, and there are some things you're just going to experience yourself. I'm talking about when you have the choice. When you have the choice to learn from somebody else. If I were to just stand right here and say, I'm going to run at that wall as fast as I can and as hard as I can. I'm not going to put my arms out or anything, and I'm going to hit that wall and see what happens and experience that myself. How many know that would be painful? Or I could ask one of the teenagers to do it and then ask them. Because I believe there's somebody here that would do it. I know there's somebody crazy enough. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to do it. Don't worry. But how many get what I'm saying? You can have that pain and experience yourself, or you could ask somebody, hey, what does it feel like to run into a wall? And how many know I'm talking about physically, but how many know a lot of times in the, in the spiritual and mental world, we do run into a lot of walls. We've broken a lot of bones. But we don't have enough bones to be able to get the experience we need in this short amount of time because Jesus is coming soon, and we got to get this harvest going, so we got to get into this word. we got to get into this word. I, I, I remember the Lord telling me at a young age when I got saved, the very beginning of me getting saved, he told me very clearly, if you will watch other people's mistakes, I'll save you from them. Amen. Clear as a bell. And I was just smart enough to say, okay, Lord, that sounds good. I mean, no, that's smart. I could have been like somebody else and nah, it's okay, Lord. Thank you. Appreciate the offer. But I want to go through all these hard times myself. And so an adulterous situation would fall in front of me and I'd watch it and God would say, see how that happened? Don't do that. A, a marriage problem, a, a financial problem, whatever. Go down the road. Go down the line. Examples and examples and examples. And God would say, see that? Don't be like that. See that? Don't do that. See that? Do that. And I, and I learned to learn from other people's experiences. Did you know that this Bible is full of experience? Full. God didn't just give us two or three books. Now, some of you only read two or three books. Some of you just like to stay in the Gospels. But there's 66 books in the Bible. And every word spoken in that Bible is experience. 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 And God wants us to learn from these experiences. Amen. The stories of the Bible. Men and women who have broken their bones spiritually, so to speak, so we could learn from them. How many want to be smart this morning and at least try to begin today to start walking from the experiences of other people? When I say experiences, I mean mistakes. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Watch this. These things happened to us, sorry, it happened as a warning. Warning. How many know when something says warning? It's a, you know what a warning is? It's a warning. We try to make things so deep. It means watch out. It means something bad's about to happen. And he says, so that we would not crave evil things as they did. And as, as Paul begins to preach here these verses, he is talking about Old Testament stories. Stories that he had read. And he says, or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking. Now, wait, let me back up a second. You see what that says? As the scriptures say. Say that with me. As the scriptures say. Your life will change for good when you begin to live your life as the scriptures say. Not as I feel. Not as opinion says. Not as the majority goes. Are y'all still here? Did you leave me already? Did you already check out? Did you already check out as full-time minister? Did you check out? Still here? Full-time means full-time. Amen? He is telling us here that if we live our life by the scriptures, by what God's word says, we will make it. But today, unfortunately, even in the church world, 
people are trying to change the Bible to fit their life instead of us making our life fit the Bible. Don't mock God. God will not be mocked. Amen. His word will not be mocked. Oh, it's just an old book. It's antiquated. It's old. It's thousands of years old. Truth doesn't age. Fads come. Fads go. You young people are going to see things and you're going to think, man, this is new and I created this. It's already been done ten times. You think you're wearing the coolest clothes right now. Been done ten times. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Amen. All this stuff is is in the Bible. It's not an antiquated book. It is life. So he says, as the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan reverie. And we must not engage in sexual immorality. And watch this. As some did, causing 23,000 of them. Did you know in the Old Testament... In one day, 23,000 people died. In one day, the the earth opened and swallowed them up. Say, thank God for grace. Nor should we put Christ to the test. Some of us are living lives that are putting Christ to the test. Amen? It's time to get off the milk. It's time to get serious. It's time to understand we're training for a, a, a race here and we're trying to finish strong so we can get people saved and go to heaven. And guess what? We're going to rest when we get to heaven. We're going to rest when we get to heaven. As some of them did and died from snake bites. That's a story in the Bible as well. And don't grumble as some of them did and they were destroyed by the angel of death. That's in the book of Exodus. These things happened. Look at this. Look what, the, look what this message is telling us. These things in this Bible happened for us to be entertained. What does it say? Happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. At the end of the age. You know, anytime something happens, you think, man, that happened fast. All this time we were waiting for the baby to be born. It happened fast. Now he's already two weeks old. Then it'll be a month. Then it'll be a year. Then he'll be getting married. <laughs> Playing in the NBA. Just kidding. It happens fast. And here we are all of a sudden, church, at the end of the age. And so what are we doing with this? How are we going to make this work? As I begin to close, listen to this. Our best friends and mentors should come out of the Bible. This is where our our mentorship should come from. Our our best friends should be in here. What do I mean? I can ask Solomon, why did you have such wisdom in the beginning of your life but allow yourself to be so influenced at the end in such an ungodly way and I can learn from his experiences? I can ask Moses, and I've done this, Not now, because this is such a great church. And I mean that. This is a great church. How do you deal with grumbling people, Moses? Because sometimes we have to deal with grumbling people. Negative people. Amen. I'm not talking to you, don't worry. I'm talking to the one right behind you. Amen. I'm not talking to anybody this morning, I promise. I don't have anybody in my mind. But how many get in what I'm saying? I can say, yo, Samson, why are you so dumb when it comes to women? <laughs> right? Why, why would I waste my time asking anybody else when I can go ask Solomon? Samson, he's in the Bible. Learn from his mistake. Don't listen to that girl. Amen. There are going to be times. You know why this is so important? There's going to be times when you can't talk to anybody else. There's going to be times when your friends aren't around. There's going to be times when the people you think are your friends aren't your friends. But these people in this book will always be present. They'll always be there. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What does that have to do with the Word, with the Bible? Jesus is the Word. 
In case you're new in your philosophy, Jesus is the Bible. Jesus is God. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when you talk to Jesus, you're talking to the Bible. When you talk to the Bible, you're talking to Jesus, and you get that wisdom. The wisdom of the ages is this wonderful book. As I begin to close, I want you to begin to fall in love with this book. I want you to begin to realize that if you have some problems today and you don't like the way your harvest is and you don't like the way your life is, change your seed. Look at Psalms 119, 97 to 100 in the New Living Translation. Watch this. Oh, how I like, how I appreciate, how I enjoy, how I admire. What does it say? Love. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them every once in a while. How, how often? All day long. What would happen if we begin to think about God all day long? You know when you stop thinking about God for a minute or you do a timeout with God, that's when you get in trouble? If you would keep this seed with you all the time, the Bible says that you can hide it in your heart so that you won't sin against it. Come on, somebody. You can get this Bible so meaningful and dear to you that you won't sin against it. We used to tell the young people when, we, when they got saved, and you're, and you're starting to court somebody. Notice I said court. You young people that are starting to like each other, come see me. We're not talking about dating. We're talking about courting. You should talk to somebody that you're going to marry. Wow, that bounced back. Go ahead and marry that person then. Don't come to me for counseling. Amen. When you start falling in love with the Word of God and it becomes your source, you love its instructions all day long. And we used to tell those teens, put that Bible between you and then that guy will have to jump over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to get to you. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies. How many would like to be wiser than your enemies? For they are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers. For I am always thinking of your laws. And watch this. I am even wiser than my elders. For I have kept your commands. Look at me today. Never get away from this. Never try to change it never try to add or take away from it these are God's words on paper these are God's words on paper and if God himself in, in form of God or form of Jesus or form of the Holy Spirit were to walk in here today and preach to you what I'm preaching guess what he would preach he would preach the same message I'm preaching he'd preach his word he would not come in here in 2021 and say, you know, that stuff I wrote back 2,000 years ago, that's not what I meant. And society's changed and people feel different about their sexuality and people don't think that this matters or that matters. And so I just want you to know that I, I didn't mean all that. Let me know he would preach his word. And Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the one for me. I stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. I don't know about you, but the Bible is everything to me. And I'm living in fruit of a harvest today. My kids are serving God. I have a great marriage. I'm healthy, I'm full of joy and peace. I didn't say anything, everything's perfect. All those things because this is my seed. And I've been sowing it for almost 30 years. If you don't like your harvest, change your seed. Today's the day. You know, you, oh man, you don't know what I'm, what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what my past is. Well, your past has no future. Quit crying over the spilt milk. Quit trying to unscramble scrambled eggs. Start fresh today. 
and say, today I am starting a new life. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. I'm going to grab a new seed and I'm going to start planting good seed in my life and I'm going to start living the life God wants me to live. Full of peace, full of joy, full of happiness, full of wonder, full of miracles, full of provision. Right before we pray, I want to show a quick video. It's just a few seconds. This is the attitude we need to have towards the seed. That's the attitude we need to have towards the Bible. We have three or four or ten Bibles at our house. And those communist Chinese people, when they saw a Bible, they fought over it to get one. And they held it and they cried over it. There's other videos I found where they cried and cried and wept that they had a Bible in their hand. We take this thing for granted. We take it for granted. Let me tell you something. I was say, I said this, I'm going to say this now. I said it in the beginning, at the end of the first service. You better start reading your Bible, and you better start reading a real one too. I'm not. I, I love technology. I thank God for it. We're online today. All the good stuff we can do with it. But you better start reading a physical Bible because what if the internet goes down? I don't say this mean. I say it in truth. Some of you couldn't find the back of your hand on the Bible. You don't ever pick it up quiet in here you don't like your harvest quit complaining about your harvest if you don't want to change your seed quit saying well this and this and that do something about it start reading God's word and lining your life up with his word not with what society says not with social media says but what God's word says you better start you know our, our kids are learning back and we need to learn from our kids they're learning back in their in the, in the Sunday school how to do how to do the books of the Bible to memorize them what happens if the internet goes down it's great that you use your phone but what if you can't use your phone no more we need to learn this thing we need to get inside of us bow your heads if you would 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. God's word is everything you need this morning. Change your seed. I can't read. Listen to it. It's audible. Have somebody else read it. Stop making excuses. Change your seed. And watch what God will do. Holy Spirit knows what you need. Same wisdom God gave Solomon, He can give to us if we ask for it. Anytime you get down and you feel like you don't have any purpose, Jeremiah 29 tells me all the time Jeremiah says, Hey Blake, I've got a purpose for you and a plan. And it's a good plan. I got an expected end for you. And go to that book and read God's word that never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many across this place, watching online, listening to my voice right now, do not know Jesus? He's Lord and Savior. The Bible says... Simply and truly in God's words, as the scriptures say. 
I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. Jesus is the door. Have you put your faith in Jesus today? Not in church, not in a denomination, not in your parents, in Jesus. Have you said, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. If you have not said that prayer from your heart, the Bible says today, now is the acceptable time of the Lord because there is no promise that you'll ever get to have that chance again. No promise. So today, how many would say, Pastor, with a lifted hand, pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my life right now. Just put it up and put it right back down. All across this place, I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? That's me. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? I see your hand, young man. God bless you. How many more? God is looking down right now, and he's asking you to put your faith in him. It's a personal decision. I can't make it for you. You can't make it for me. Every single one of us, one day, maybe closer and sooner than you think, will stand before a living God. You know why I preach like this every time I'm done preaching, and Pastor Mario does too, and we do an altar call at every service? Because we understand tomorrow isn't promised. I understand this could be my last message. I want to see you in heaven I know where I'm going because my faith is in Jesus I know he took my place he died on the cross for my sins and I'm looking for his return and I'm not perfect but I'm saved and I know who my Lord is and I want you to know him too please don't pass this opportunity up because I promise you, as sure as I'm standing here, you'll stand before God and you will watch a screen like you've been looking at this morning and God will show you everything you've ever done. All those things you're ashamed of. All those secret sins, things you people think people don't know. This is your life. This is what you've done. And he's going to ask you a question. What do you have to say about that? You know what you're going to say? Nothing, because you're going to be speechless, because you're going to realize that you had a chance to let Jesus come in and wipe that sin away and make that book clean and take your sins as far as the east is from the west. But you are too hard-headed, too cold, too busy, too stuck in your sin, too stuck in the way you want to live. You're not going to see me there, because I'm going to be in heaven. So you're not going to be able to shake your fist at me. There's going to be a lot of people shaking their fists at their pastors because they didn't preach the truth of God's word. How many this morning, I'm going to give you one more chance. If you died right now, you would stand before God without a lawyer. You need to be saved. I want you to put your hand up all across this place. You've already raised your hand. Raise it again. I see your hands. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. How many more? Only a fool says in their heart, there is no God. I want you to stand to your feet this morning, please. All over this place, staying in this attitude of worship. If you've never made a public confession of your faith, now I'm now I'm adding to this, you raised your hand, we're going to ask you to do something else. But if you're here and you believe in Jesus, but you've never made a public confession, you've never told like John said, get up on the, on the top of a, a rooftop and shout, I believe in Jesus. If you're not afraid to grab this mic and say that anywhere in the world, that's what God wants. I don't care what anybody thinks about me except God. Because there's only one person who's ever died for me. That's Jesus. So I'm going with him. If you've never made a public confession, maybe you've said a prayer, 
at your seat. Well, can't I just get saved at my seat? Yes, you can. But I'm trying to help you. Because when you get out there, you're going to face real people who are going to mock your faith. If you can't stand up in a church and say, I believe in Jesus, what makes you think you're going to do it out there? So I'm giving you help. Biblically, Jesus said, if you'll confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father that's in heaven. It's in several places in the gospel, as the scriptures say. And then he says, but you don't want to confess me, that's fine. That's called free will. You do you. But as the scriptures say, if you deny me before man and you're ashamed of me before man, I will be ashamed of you before my Father that's in heaven. So when you're standing there looking at the screen and you try to look over at Jesus and say, hey Jesus, remember me? Jesus is going to say, I don't know who you are. That's some scary words. How many want him to say, that's my son. That's my daughter. They confessed me. They put their faith in me. Yes, Lord, his name, her name is in the book. Enter in, good and faithful servant. I'm going to wait five seconds. If you raise your hand, don't look around and go, is anybody else going to come? Be bold. But if you've never made a public confession of your faith, I want you to step out and come down here right now and make a public confession of your faith. You raised your hand, come quickly. Come on, you raised your hand. Several hands went up. Come on. Step out. Let's go. Ladies, come on down. There were some hands over here. They raised their hands to have them come down. Josh, right behind you, those, that couple right there. Come on, public confession. Come on. Amen. Come on. Come on. Keep clapping. Praise God. Public confession. Amen. In Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to embarrass you, but I saw you guys raise your hand. You want to come? I saw you raise your hand. I believe you meant it. I believe you meant it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Natalie, is this your family? Mom? Wow. You don't look old enough to have a daughter like Natalie. Neither does my wife, though. Beautiful. See? Public confession. I promise you you're going to thank me one day for being so straightforward. I promise you're going to say, Pastor, thank you for, keep, for continuing to wait so I could come forward. Amen. This couple right here met Jason and Myra just in the last few days or weeks, months. And they've just been reaching out to them. Those tears are tears of joy because God's doing something in your lives. Amen? And, and today's going to be the beginning. They're going to get baptized. So we have Jason and Myra coming two and a half hours every Sunday for, to come to church. Two and a half hours. That's five hours in one day. And I said this at the altar call. A lot of people in China walk and other countries hours to get to a church because they're hungry. And we complain about it's hot in here. It's cold in here. It's, the seats aren't comfortable enough. There's too many people here. Where's the snacks at? Amen? You should have seen me when I came back from the mission field 13 years ago. You think I'm ornery now? Amen, Pastor Marshall? I mean, Pastor Marshall, Marshall. Pastor Mario? When you come from the mission field and you see people walking to church and get there wet, sopping wet, it's good to see you. Sopping wet, put their umbrellas in the back. State they don't ever look at their watch. We're spoiled in America. But if we're gonna see a move of God, we gotta stop being spoiled. There's lots of people like this. They're reaching out to this family and been discipling them all the way from Oklahoma City, coming here to get baptized in Denton, Texas today. That's that's a move of God. Amen. Let them keep teaching. Let, let the word keep speaking to you. And those tears are, are going to be continue to be good tears, not bad tears. Because you're going to keep sowing seed of good seed 
And, you, and God's, I don't know anything about you, but God's going to turn it all around. And he's going to give you all the desires of your hearts, but you just keep that Bible right here. Amen, right in front of you. And God will do an amazing thing. Those that are watching online, listening on the podcast, all around here, let's say this prayer all together. This is simply what the Bible says. As the scriptures say, how many could just begin to get that in your spirit? As the scriptures, you know what someone, hey, what do you think about this? Well, as the scriptures say, see, that's our problem. Hey, what do you think about homosexuality? Well, as the scriptures say, what do you think about drugs? What do you think about premarital sex? What do you think about this? As the scriptures say, why don't we just speak God's word and just let God be God? Instead of trying to def- put our opinion in. Let I me mean, know everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. As the scriptures say, stop trying to be right with the world and start being right with God. It's going to end up better for you, I promise. Amen? Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I am lost. I'm a sinner, and the wages of my sin is death, according to your word. But today, I have found life, and life abundantly in Jesus Christ. Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but you have come to give me life more abundantly. Jesus, I put my faith in you that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that with all my heart. And I confess with my mouth, you rose from the dead, and you are Lord, King, Master. Come into my life, transform me, forgive me, and wash me clean. In Jesus' name, please write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise. Come on, the Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. Amen.